Pierde la pelota en Sevilla. El pase de Suárez es buenísimo para Messi. Atención a Messi. Encara el uno para uno. Messi, 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 Messi. Leo Messi. Magic Messi. What's up, soccer fans? Welcome to the Soccer Brothers Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 6. I'm your host, Sal Katar, and I'm joined by my brother, Nihal. Nihal, will this be the only weekend that Roma loses and Everton wins? <laughs> um, that's actually, you know, you're joking, but probably. Probably. <laughs> I, I think it could well, be you like know, me. Everton have won three in a row, so... Oh, yeah, they're, okay. they're, 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 they're in eighth look- place. They're like six points, or no, five points off of fourth place. So, dude, you never know. They're looking really good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy for them. I'm happy for them. But are the fans still staying, like, level-headed, or are they kind of on, like, a high and ready to go call over the Champions League? No, I mean, we're, pr- we're pretty level-headed. <laughs> I, I think this year uh, most of us know it's all about getting Marco Silva, uh, you know, integrated into the club. And, you know, you can see his tactics are there, but we just need to upgrade at a few key positions because the team is not that talented. Uh, you know, I mean, Gilfie Sigurdsson's a great player, Richarlison's a really good player, but um, they still need a striker and some more wingers. But, I mean, Lucas Dinier has been playing very well. Jordan Pickford had an incredible penalty save again. But we're, we're not here to talk about Everton, are we? Or Roma. So, you know, sa- <laughs> yeah. save it for no, the Everton Well, box. they might help provide context for some of our other games. Sure, but, yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> the games that we'll be talking about today are... Saturday's clash between Barcelona and Sevilla, and Sunday's clash between Inter and Milan. And then we also have a new segment at the end previewing the Champions League, so stick around for that. But first, we're going to talk about the game that happened Saturday afternoon at the camp now. Barcelona versus Sevilla. Barcelona came out on top 4-2. Yeah, what are your first thoughts after this one? Well, the biggest story, obviously, from this match was Messi fracturing his arm. And uh, he's going to be missing El Clasico next week, so it will not only be the first El Clasico in a while without Ronaldo, but the first El Clasico in a while without Ronaldo <laughs> and Messi. Although, now that I say that, Ronaldo might have been injured in one of the El Clasicos in the middle. But I feel like he yeah, might have been recently, yeah. but yeah. I think 2007 was the last year that Messi was in a, not missed a Clasico. So, yeah. So, I mean, a Clasico without Ronaldo and Messi. That's, you know, Luis Suarez versus Gareth Bale. <laughs> doesn't have the same sort of ring to it, does it? I mean... Yeah, they're still both. I mean, that's. I mean, you'd be hard pressed to find a matchup like that anywhere else in the world, right? Well, I like, guess that's true, but it's you know, Messi. Messi is one of the reasons why you want to watch Barcelona. But uh, that, that that you know, that was the biggest story from this match. But I think what my initial thoughts about what happened on the pitch was, you know, how the scoreline doesn't necessarily reflect the play of both teams because outside of the goals, it seemed not necessarily even, but Barcelona, I mean, it didn't seem like Barcelona should have been up three, nothing. And the difference, uh, you know, is the, for me was the quality of player and Barcelona's defense and the finishing ability of Barcelona's attackers, as opposed to Sevilla's, um, you know, coming into this match, um, Sevilla was, what, what, what were they in the table? They were second. Um, I, th- I, I think they were second. I th- yeah, so I, I think they were second, and Alaves was first, and Barcelona was just behind them. Um, so you know, it, it was obviously a huge match with with title implications and potentially Champions League implications for Sevilla. Um, 
But at the end of the day, Barcelona, you know, they, they just have better players. Um, and I think that, I know that seems like, you know, not great analysis, but I think, I genuinely think that was the difference in this match. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that in the final third, all you need is a couple touches from Barcelona and suddenly, you know, they're in positions where they can just easily right. hit shots outside the box or just have right. rolling shots. And, it's, well, they just and, make it and how so often did it look like Sarabia or Benega or one of the midfielders have a pass on and PK or Lengley were there to cut it out, you know? It, it, Absolutely. The, you know, they're, they're just, you know, they're a great team. Um, but Sevilla, I, let's... Like I said, what, what do you think? Do, do, how do you think Sevilla played? Because I, I thought they played pretty well. I thought they played pretty well. I think that at times their attack got a little bit too predictable. I think it was definitely on uh, Jesus Navas' Jesus side more than Arana's. I mean, Arana did have a couple chances at the beginning. I know he had the big post hit in the first 10 minutes. But um, I think for long stretches of the game, it just became this this Jesus Navas crossing game, and they would go, either go out for a corner or just be easily taken care of by the center backs, as you right. mentioned. So, well, um, it's, but I mean, it's, it's, that's of, true. They, they kept on going down the right, but it kind of felt like their best chances came on the left um, when the attack, when the attack point, did come yeah. on the left. And I think they weren't able to uh, uh, really punish Semedo for being out of position um, as much as he was. But... And the other thing was that that I noticed was uh, Gomez. I can't remember his first name. The defender, uh, the center back, Sergi Gomez, um, was stepping into the midfield a lot on that left side and almost acting as a defensive midfielder or um, marking uh, Suarez whenever he dropped into the midfield. So I thought that was another interesting tactical um, tidbit from this match. But also, I what I was going to say, um, I, I want to get your opinion on. Is it Vlas, Vaslich, Vaklik, Vaklik, Vaslik? Because I was not <laughs> impressed with him. Uh, no, yeah, I was not impressed with him either. I thought <laughs> definitely Ter Stegen was the okay, better of the two keepers. Yeah, Ter- oh my god, yeah, right. Ter Stegen, Ter Stegen was <laughs> awesome. Um, which we'll, we'll talk about him a little bit later. But uh, yeah, Vaslik, I was, you know, he. This is his first year at Sevilla from Basel, um, or I guess that's pronounced Ball. I, they were talking, yeah, they were talking about that on the Total Soccer Show like last year. So I, I don't know, but I'm, I'm going to call it Basel for everyone's sake. So you know who I'm talking about. But um, yeah, I no, know I, that was, you know, he he did, maybe he's still adjusting to the level of competition. But he no, I I who was their goalkeeper last year? Do you know? I no, I don't because remember. I feel like they had. I don't know. Well, you can look that up. I hear you typing away there. Um, but, yeah, I, I was just not impressed. Oh, Sergio That's Rico. What, right, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. So, I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe you know, I haven't watched any of Sevilla this season, so maybe it was just a one-off thing. But, yeah, I was not impressed with him. It, yeah, he's on loan at Fulham, uh, yeah, right now. It didn't but. seem like he had a good command of the box. He looked iffy on some crosses. And, obviously, they gave up four goals. Not all of them his fault, but um, – or really any of them. Um but, you know, it, yeah, no, it, yeah. it was – he was just – I don't know. He, he just didn't really deal well with, right. you know, saves that could have been, right. you know, taken care of. And he just, just looked at – he looked out of his depth. Yeah. Right. So why don't we talk about uh, the first goal because I think this kind of uh, set the tone a little bit. Um, in the third minute, Coutinho scored. Semedo had a great run. Uh, 
starting down the right-hand side of the field. He feeds in Suarez, who finds Messi. Messi plays a nice ball, splitting two defenders. He finds Coutinho, finds the back of the net with a one-time strike, just takes a few passes with his Barcelona attack, and uh, it was a great finish. I don't think, yeah, I don't think that's doing that finish justice. It was a perfect finish. Uh, into I don't think it was the best finish in this game, though, or one of them. <laughs> okay, I mean... You know, maybe based on he he could it didn't have to be that good for it to go in, but I don't know. I thought that was one one time. Yeah. Oh, it's a one time finish. I thought that was pretty impressive. Um, but I mean, Messi while he was on the field, what what struck me was I don't know how it always strikes me, but what does is his passing ability, <laughs> um, and how he's always able to create those chances for the other players on the, on the field for, uh, for Barcelona. And honestly, you know, not to get into the whole debate right now, but that's what I think, for me, separates him from other players in the world, is his ability to create chances um, and also to score goals along with his ability to score goals, as you know, we yeah. saw on the second yeah. goal there. Yeah, and his second goal came in the 12th minute. Um, Sevilla couldn't get possession. I think it was off a goal kick. They just lose the ball, and Suarez just plays a really nice one-touch pass to Messi, who beats Sergio, Sergio, Gomez, or Sergio Gomez and then curls it into the corner. And it's suddenly it's 2-0, and it's like, but why? I mean, Sevilla could have <laughs> a goal by now. It, it just, as you said, the scoreline didn't look right. But, um, yeah, I mean, Suarez with a really nice pass there to lead Messi Yeah, well, it, it started with Langley... Um... Uh, kicking it upfield, and it was actually won by Sevilla, but uh, well, I think it was Jesus Navas who kicked it backwards into Suarez's path. So that goal really shouldn't have happened, and it was a mistake by Sevilla. Um, and, yeah, like you said, a great one-time pass by, by Luis Suarez. And then Messi, I mean, yeah, that was probably the best finish of the match, unless you think there was another one that was even better. Um, but, I mean, that, that, looked like, that looked like 20-year-old Messi there. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I think my favorite finish in this game was actually the last goal scored Muriel's one touch finish outside the really? box, yeah, Okay, but because I mean, okay. Cause Coutinho's one touch finish was in the box and then I don't know. Messi's is just like, yeah. maybe I'm just kind of colorblind or goal blind yeah, yeah. to that. But, uh, but I, I was really, and Muriel, he just didn't like five minutes coming on. So yeah. I don't know. I will, we'll, we'll talk about that one later, but yeah, I mean, Suarez with the pass, and I don't know if you noticed this, but I feel like once Messi came off, um, Suarez kind of in some ways acted as more of a Messi-type figure, you know, taking the ball in from a deeper position, starting attacks. He, his passing ability, I feel like, is very underrated. Uh, Luis Suarez, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, he sort of gets overshadowed because he is playing on a team with Messi and he was playing on a team with Neymar and he's probably you know, not as big of a name as those guys, but you're right. His Everyone always talks about his um, ability to play uh, on the shoulder of the defenders and to time his runs perfectly. But yeah, his passing is really, really good. You know, I, he always, he does that driven ball really well, like you saw on the, um, on the second goal there. But like I said, this is, this is a goal that could have been avoided by Sevilla. It was just a terrible giveaway backwards. Um, and, uh, I, like I said, I think it was Navas, but it might have been someone else. Who was playing on the right side of midfield there? Um, Sarabia. Sarabia. Well, no, I'm, I'm in the midfield. Oh, I, okay, I, it might right. have been Sarabia, actually. So, um, 
either way, it was it was pretty bad. I, I don't know if you remember that, but that's how that that's how that goal started. Um, and then and then right. you know Messi was right right in between. Um, and, and well, and, and the reason so um, the left wing back Arana was forward because Sevilla had the ball, and but then you know Suarez was able to split Sarabia and uh, Sergi Gomez there. Um, with, like you said, a brilliant pass. Uh, I mean, just, I, you know, it, it's so easy to not watch Barcelona and be like, oh, yeah, they're Barcelona, they're great. But when you watch them play, it's, I mean, this was just a master class by them. Um, I, yeah. yeah I, you, I, just, I you, you just remember why all these players are there. I mean, <laughs> and, and something that I think, Something that really impressed me was was their central midfield, and it seemed like they've been looking for um, for a long time um, to you know be to find that replacement for Xavi and Iniesta. Uh, well, Iniesta well, was there, but um, I think they found a player in Arthur. I I really like him, and this was my first time watching him play for Barcelona, and he was really impressive to me. Uh, his passes, his ability on the ball. Um, I think he relieves a lot of pressure for Ser- Sergio Busquets and, and Rakitic, who, like always, were fantastic in this match. So I, I expect him to be a fixture in, in that Barcelona midfield for the next 10 years, Arthur. Yeah, yeah, he was he was definitely impressive. And I, I think it's interesting that, you know, you bring up this, you watch Barcelona play and you're just amazed every time. And it, it's interesting because it's not it's not like a coach's philosophy necessarily. Like they've gone through multiple coaches during Messi's tenure, but like it seems like every player is like in each other's head, and they just every touch just seems so calculated, and everyone knows where each other's are. I I, I don't know. You, I feel like you almost have to give credit to guys like Xavi Iniesta and and Messi for like instituting that like improvised chemistry that you you, you can't teach. No, I mean, and that's true. They they. You know, it's hard for us to know from the outside how they're able to capture that magic, but um, you have to think it's it's those players that you mentioned. Um, and then, uh, you know, right now, players like Busquets, Suarez, Messi, PK, um, continuing that uh, and, and pushing it forward. And the biggest indication of that was how well Barcelona played when Messi wasn't there. And, you know, it seems like Barcelona takes these really good players and just makes them great. Players like Rakitic, I mean, Coutinho. Um, I mean, even I was really impressed with Dembele today when he came on for Messi. That was, you know, I know he hasn't been that great. I actually was, yeah. See, I, I thought I thought that Dembele fits that, that, that identity the least. Like, I thought out of any player on the pitch, like, sure, he was impressive in some one-on-one situations, but it doesn't look like he's that type of player. No, I mean, and I would agree with that, but I'm just saying, I, I thought he looked he looked like he was good enough to be on the, on the pitch. Um, of course, yeah. That hasn't necessarily been there for him in, in the past year. <laughs> so... I thought it was crazy for that those moments when it seemed like Messi was going to come back on. It was, it was kind of like yeah. a five minute ordeal where it was like, well, is Messi going to stay and off? And Sevilla could not take advantage in those in the in that window. Um, it was kind of like a power play in hockey, but they weren't able to take advantage of it. Right. Um, 
but you know something that you said that I, I didn't really respond to that I think is really important and I, and I want to highlight it which is a really good point is that when Messi went off the field they didn't they didn't miss they didn't skip a beat Suarez became that guy and they played around him and the way they were able to adjust their style um, and the way they played so quickly was was really impressive yeah that absolutely uh, th- yeah they had they had a fair share of chances with between Coutinho Suarez and Dembele and that uh, in the rest of that first half but the next big moment that happened was in that second half and actually it might not be what you're thinking of if you just watch the highlights because I, I I rewatched the highlights after I watched the game and they didn't cover this key moment they could have definitely shifted the entire momentum of the game um as I said, Jesus Navas got a lot of crossing opportunities, and he had one in the 57th minute, and it looked like it struck Jordi Alba, the left Barcelona's left-back, hand in an unnatural position, but there was no VAR consulted, there was no penalty called, and game the game continued, and Suarez got a goal just a minute later, but what did you think about that? Oh, I thought that was a clear penalty, uh, and it was baffling to me that they didn't, that they didn't go to VAR there when, when they easily could have, uh, and... I, I would understand if Sevilla and, and their fans feel aggrieved, but yeah, I, 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 you know, I would encourage everyone to go look and look at it and make, make a decision yourself. But to me, that, that was a penalty. Uh, and then before we move forward, um, did we talk about Sevilla almost scoring in like the fifth minute? Uh, Arana's yeah. post hit. Yeah, I, I did. Yeah, I did okay, you mentioned that. it, but I, I probably just wanted to talk about Coutinho's goal. Um, <laughs> But yeah. yeah, I mean that was another huge moment in the match. If if that goes in, um, you know it's it's one one, and and who knows from there. And it 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 felt like there was, if well we we can talk about it afterwards. But I I it felt like once um, Coutinho scored in the third minute, uh, Sevilla couldn't implement or execute their game plan. You know because because they. The way they were, the way they wanted to play, was probably not to be down one zero and not wanting. They probably did not want to be pushing for that goal um, so early in the match. Right. Uh, but and I think that you know, I think that was clear on the second goal how far up they were um, and and the space that was there. But yeah, I mean, I, it's it's I, I like I don't understand what what. When, how do they decide whether to go to VAR or not? Yeah, and I knew exactly like where you're going with that, so I just started laughing <laughs> when you said the interactive. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I, I just don't get it. Uh, yeah, no, that's absolutely the situation in which you have to you have to go to VAR, and I feel I, I feel so bad because Suarez's goal. Excuse, I said it was a minute later, it was six minutes later. My bad, but um. Suarez's goal literally was the same type of goal that Sevilla should have scored. Um, in the 63rd minute, Suarez uh, beats Carrisco, a center, the Sevilla center back, off the dribble on a counterattack, and he's finally one-on-one with Vasilik, and he just touches it forward, and Vasilik dives at him but only gets his feet, and Suarez takes a really nice penalty to make it 3-0. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that was a clear penalty too, but it just it's just uh, you, you wonder what would have happened if Sevilla made it 2-1 there. Right. I mean, and, and that's, that was the story of this match, all these what-if moments for Sevilla. And like I said, um, you know, th- I think that's the difference between a great team and a good team, the ability to, to finish those chances. And you touched on it, but uh, Suarez's touch 
to take him beyond the center back was absolutely sublime. I mean, that, I mean, he just, he, there's no way to describe it other than to say he, he, he literally glided past him. I mean, the, the amount of control these players have is ridiculous. And, you know, it's, I don't know, it, it's just at another level. It really is at another level. You know, the the other match we we watched that that we're going to talk about later is is Inter versus um, Milan, and and those are two great teams. Um, but you just you don't see it. It doesn't look as e- it just looks so easy. No, no, it just looks so easy for Barcelona and Luis Suarez. You right. know, uh, a great. A great penalty and it's like, kick. It, it's not like, and, I, and I, you know, teams like even in England, like Manchester City, Chelsea, and Liverpool, they're playing great football right now. But this is something, it just, it goes beyond athleticism and pace. And like, right. you know what I mean? It's just, it's hard. I don't think any team really replicates that play, style of play. No, and not at all. And it's just, it's, it's. It's hard to understand how Barcelona dropped points in La Liga. <laughs> yeah, well, well, hopefully, we can catch one of those moments this season. Well, so that's 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 Maybe what I don't understand. Weekend. Like, they can't play like this all the time. I, you know, well, and you can see why, because Sevilla. I I know I'm you know tooting Barcelona's horn to you know say it mildly, but. Um, Sevilla did have their chances, um, and it did end up being only four to two. They only ended up winning by by two goals. So you can see that there is a little bit of uh, there are a few problems for, for Barcelona that that could be exploited. But their attacking play is just man. I mean, it, yeah. it's it's so wonderful to watch. And like I said, it, it obviously right. It's Barcelona, but right watching them is just such a. Yeah. I don't know. A privilege, I guess. I that's that yeah, sounds no, I mean, so lame. I, I think it's that sounds really so worthwhile. Lame, yeah. yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, no. I mean, I think it's really worthwhile to just honestly just like watch the highlights every week of Barcelona's wins because like it's like even those just those moments that you see like just in the highlights like those are sublime. Yeah. So. Um, all right. Let's let's <laughs> wrap up these goals and then talk a little bit more and then we'll have to move on okay. to the next game. But um. In the 79th minute, Sevilla finally answered back. Pablo Sarabia had a shot outside the box. Big deflection off Clement Lenglet. Oh, my <laughs> I'm sorry. God. I really tried to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and Ter Stegen can't do much about that shot because it was literally so unpredictable, the, the trajectory. So, uh, lucky goal there for Sarabia, but deserved. I believe it's Clement, Clement Lenglet, but I, I could I, be wrong. I, I tried way too hard. I, I was trying to say that. Yeah, okay. I that the, <laughs> claim on language. Okay, that, that was not bad. I, I watched an interview to study up on his, the pronunciation of his name, and um, just because I. Uh, know well, let's just go. Let's, let's just go with Clement. Let's just go with Clement Langlet. <laughs> Langlet. <laughs> Clement Langlet. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, there's nothing else for me to really say. I mean, it was a deflected goal. <laughs> Unfortunate, yeah. but also, yeah. yeah. Also, you can't. So you don't feel bad for Barcelona, but I mean, I never feel bad for Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> uh, certainly not last year when Roma <coughs> came back. All right, all right. You didn't even watch and, that game, so yeah. don't even. Okay, dude, I was at tennis match. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> which is better than a middle school soccer game, which is why I missed Dos the Cero. US qualifying. For yeah, the uh, that that, that you'll never live down. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. 
It's true. Um, in the 86th minute, um, I think this was actually the second of Ter Stegen's double saves, but I wanted to talk about this one. Um, it was the second, yeah. Like, so, yeah, so, so Pablo Sarabia uh, gets a shot stopped from Ter Stegen, and Ter Stegen already was leaning to the right, but he had to shift his momentum to dive to the left, and then, or not dive, but like lean to the left, and then uh, that deflected shot went to Ben Yedder, and then Ter Stegen does it again and has to dive for that one. And uh, just a brilliant double save. Wow, Ter Stegen really, that, um, really impressive. I mean, honestly. the f- the first save was almost more impressive to me than the second save. Like you said, his his momentum was shifting the other way, and he just gets one of his big palms on it. And then, <laughs> I, I, this guy is, is is incredible, and it's such a shame that he is overshadowed by Manuel Neuer. Um, because he, he should yeah. absolutely be in the conversation for best goalkeeper in the world. And he should be, um, you know, in the conversation for as a starting place on the German national team, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I honestly, it's like really, hard you know, for me I, I just rank goalkeepers. No, it, it is know. difficult. There's so many good it ones. Is difficult. Um, and the things that Manuel Neuer does off the ball are impossible to, to replicate. So, um, which, True. you know, that's crazy to even say about a goalkeeper, what they do off the ball, but he, he does yeah. it. Um, yeah, I, know. I mean, honestly, I think Alisson, if he develop, if he continues to develop, he could get do, like that. He's crazy. Yeah, Al- Alisson is kind of like that. Um, do you remember the first time you ever watched Marc-Andre Tristegen play? Uh, am I supposed to remember this? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, was it was it that one U.S. friendly where we beat yeah, him four three? Where he scored, where where, okay. where he scored an own goal, and you were like, "Oh, that goalkeeper's terrible. It doesn't matter." Yes, you did. Okay, no, no, no. I'm not making stuff. up stuff because he. You were like, "Oh, this is a Germany C team," and I was like, "No, Ter Stegen's really good." So, okay, but it was a Germany B C team. Yeah, it was, but I mean, whatever. Those were those were the glory days. <laughs> <laughs> the glory days when. I mean, Dempsey did score a wonder goal. In that game. That's when watching the U.S. was fun. I mean, I agree. It's gonna get fun soon. Okay, though. yeah. yeah let's fun. not talk about the U.S. They're too depressing. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> um, uh, in the 88th minute, Rakitic, wonderful volley, doesn't celebrate. Used to play at Sevilla, you know. Really I don't. Classy. I don't really understand that. <laughs> but whatever. Why not? I mean, what? Okay. Really? You don't understand that? Well, I'm not saying he should be kissing the badge, but it was an important goal. Okay, I think the way in which soccer players like go about not if you, celebrating. If you care, like, if you care, if you care like, that much, why did you why did you leave? Like as if as if not celebrating makes up for it. I mean, please, like they they put their hands up and they look down. <laughs> no, see, like that seems more extra than just walking, like picking up the ball from the net and then walking back. To, like, why, the, why do you need to pick up the ball from the net? Who does that? What soccer? The goalkeeper's supposed to do that. No, yeah, but like, no, well, you know how well, when when you're in a hurry to like to like get another goal, yeah, yes, you go and yeah. get the ball. So I'm saying like just like something simple like that. Like you don't need to like be, go crazy, but like I, I agree with you in that like that it just feels like. It feels like such when a did, show. When did when point. did he play for Sevilla? Has it, how long has it been now? Three years? Four years? Uh, pro- yeah, I think I think I think he played there during the World Cup. So it's like so probably like also, isn't that kind of you play for your new team and for your new teammates? Celebrate with them. 
Celebrate for your fans. <laughs> God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so it's 4-1 at that point. In the 91st minute, uh, first minute of additional time, Luis Muriel uh, has a wonderful one-time FIFA Ultimate Team legend. Luis Muriel. Ben no, well, both of them. Oh. But. Yeah, both of them, right? Ben Yedder had pretty good stats, too. Uh, Ter Stegen, he's been great. He, he's, he was great all game, but he could not stop that shot or the deflected shot, so he kind of had a perfect game. But... <laughs> Uh, yeah, what did you think of that, Muriel? Well, finish? it's your favorite finish, so why don't you talk about it? I thought the pass was, I thought the pass was really good. The first initial pass for the hockey assist. Yeah. Gotcha, yeah. Yeah, Ben, yeah, a square ball. <laughs> no, I mean, that, that yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, so, that game ended 4-2. Oh, uh, are you not going to talk about the goal anymore? Who's that? Moves to... Well, I mean, okay, I said it was a one-time finish. It was curling into the top right corner past Ter Stegen. There's not much you can do about it. I mean, what else can I say about it? Sure. I mean, well, you were talking about how we're going to talk about it later. And, I can, I can, and how it's your favorite I can talk about a celebration. We've been doing a lot of that. Okay, okay. all right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right, though. That was, that was a pretty good finish. I just don't understand why you think it's better than Coutinho's. Well, actually, Rakitic's was the best. Well, okay, so, yes, like pawn, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, okay. I don't know why that wasn't the best, but uh, this, uh, maybe the celebration takes it down a few notches. But yeah. <laughs> that, that was the best finish. Sorry, my friend, um, that, my friend is currently texting me about uh, girl problems, so I'm going to ignore that right now, but um, <laughs> just breaking, breaking the third wall or second wall. Yeah, I, I was going to say the name and then maybe like picture that in post-editing or editing that you would like bleep it out. Like, I was going to say, like, is it someone? And then you could, like, bleep it out in editing. But you probably don't want to do that. I'll give you a hint. Number num- number two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> do you know, do, wow, do, really? do you know who it is? Yeah, See, that's, yeah. that's, I, do, I was that, going to that, ask that. That's, that's, that. that's how in sync we are, you know? <laughs> Y'all, we have that green link on Ultimate Team. Yeah. No, that, yeah. not even just a green link. A hyperlink. <laughs> yeah. 10 chemistry yeah. both ways <laughs> okay so that win places barcelona in first place one point ahead of Alaves and then four points ahead of real madrid at fifth place and they will be playing in el clasico next weekend but first they have to play inter on wednesday and that's going to be a big game too and not an easy game but uh overall um i, I guess I, w- I wanted to say one more thing that i thought of wow um, so you wasted that perfect transition but okay, talk about it. Well, oh <laughs> shit! Oh damn! I thought I thought maybe your your tr- the transition you were talking about was to talking about the Champions no. League. No, no, but we're literally talking yeah. about the club. Yeah, exactly. okay. But what what yeah, were okay. you gonna say? What are your final thoughts? I think that honestly, okay, you could say that like Sevilla played a really good game and got the ball into the final third a lot, but Barcelona was pressing significantly more than Sevilla was, and I don't think it was very hard for Sevilla to get to the final third. Yeah. And Barcelona did everything they needed to do right. defensively. So can you really say that, like, Barcelona didn't deserve to win or, like... or like? No, 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 I that's Barcelona not what I was won. saying. I just, you know, Sevilla, yeah. I thought, played better than the scoreline indicated. And it would be a match that I would really be interested in re-watching. Um, but unfortunately, it's on BN, and I don't, you know... I would probably have to wait a couple of days to, get, to find a full replay somewhere online. But, yeah, I... I it was interesting. Something else I, I we didn't touch on that I wanted to mention was um, Aver Benega's positioning and, and his role within this team. Because it seems weird to me that he was the one dropping and picking up the ball from the center backs a lot. 
but I mean, I guess I guess that's a thing they do. So, I've always yeah. I've always yeah, viewed no, him I mean, as more of like a, a number ten. Am I wrong? Isn't that what he played for Inter? Well, I mean, just just well, I'll just look at his. Just look at his okay, game. well that doesn't, doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I definitely think that he could have like thrived in the number ten role today. I mean, Sarabia was okay. I mean, he was pretty good, but I, I yeah, I mean, I think Benega just became kind of invisible because he's like, he's not a deep lying playmaker. He's more of a playmaker to me. So or just a standard attacking playmaker. So I agree with you there. Um, yeah. I, I would have liked to see more from him, but I don't, I don't think this was a, really a game that like the, the midfield was like more obsolete in this game than like a, than many games that you'll watch. Well, but I felt like that's because Barcelona's midfield shut down Sevilla's. That's fair. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. Barcelona's midfield is always. I mean, you know, Sergio Busquets is like my favorite player in the world. Uh, I, I absolutely love watching him play, and he had an amazing touch today to take him past the defender and distribute it. Oh man, I love it. I, you know, he he makes he makes pointless sideways passes sexy to me. I, I don't understand why you don't like watching Edin Dzeko. I think why like, he's the most exciting striker in the world. All today. right. <laughs> well, and, and like like you mentioned, um, the top of La Liga table is very very congested. I mean, only three points between first and, and sixth place, so that'll um, be interesting. Speaking of congested tables, Serie A is also very congested at the top, and we watched Inter Milan versus AC Milan. So let's talk about that. Wow, you said Inter Milan. Okay, I, what a I, you know, if I if I say Inter or Internazionale, that could be uh, um, what's it called? The team in Brazil. So, oh, who okay. knows? <laughs> That's true. Um, and you yes. see, that was a that was a transition. Uh, uh, you're the host. You, you're I, the yeah, host. You're sorry, the you're yeah, the host no. of this show, man. What are, what are you doing? It sounds like you can do this. By yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, never, never, never again. <laughs> <laughs> you you did I think you, you only did one podcast by yourself I think I think it was the Leicester City wins the league one yeah I think I, I think Which I did is, another one too but okay yeah I, yeah but um anyways yes the the Derby di Milano uh obviously a very heated rivalry in one of the best stadiums in the world San Siro uh Inter versus Wait, Milan Inter was one of the best stadiums in the world Okay. Awesome. No, know. I just I've never heard that before about San Siro. I mean, it's it's eighty thousand seats. I mean, it's pretty. It's I think it's uh, bigger than Juventus Stadium. I think it's. I mean, I, it's bigger than the Olympico. Uh, it's the biggest. Uh, no, I guess you're right. I'll give you that. And two like big money, big big teams playing. I mean, so, neither I team has been relevant for a while, but it's changing. Yes. Yes, it is changing, and I mean, you can see it just by looking at the talent on the field in this game. I mean, I know that, you know, having both of these teams, both of these teams have had bad results this year. Both of these teams have had trouble playing together, but I think both of these teams just have had good windows. I mean, you, you look at the starting lineups for these teams, and not only do they pick some great players out of Italy, but also from other top European leagues and um, a lot of talent on display. Well, I, I mean, just looking at the lineups, I, I, I personally feel like Inter's is much more impressive. 
but I would agree. You know, with that. <laughs> AC AC Milan have um, Iguain, uh, which you know is probably probably the best player on the field. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, but partly because of how long his success has been plays into that. Like, I think you could argue that Icardi has been just as complete of a player in the past, like, two or three seasons. That's fair. But Iguain's been doing it for, like, Well, I uh, think what was evident exactly. today was how little support Iguain had. Um, yes, that, that, that's true. That's true. I, I think... Because this Milan team is just... It's, like... Like, I think I'm confident in a lot of these players, but just together, like, I didn't... I didn't see much. Well, I, I mean, honestly, I, I disagree. I think, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think, I don't think their their team is is really that impressive at all. I don't think their midfield is that great. Um, you know, Bilian Bonaventure are kind of meh to me. Uh, Kessier is a nice young player, but I, you know, he has a lot of polishing that needs to be done. Um, uh, yeah, but I mean, you saw Chahanglu at Leverkusen. Well, uh, that's what I was, was going to get to next. Chahanglu is the, the the other player who who I am a big fan of, but um, I mean, he missed an entire year, right, or like six months or something because he was banned. Um, yeah. And Suso, I mean, what what are we doing here? Like, I, I, am I missing something? Like, I I just don't see it with Suso. He to me, he looks like a poor man's Dale Feu. No, I hate Suso, actually. <laughs> he, he, he's, like, he's the worst. He was the worst player on the field by far. I, I, I thought he was, like, the reason, like, one of the big reasons that Milan couldn't do anything in the Yeah, I will say, I will say um, Milan's uh, back four and goalkeeper are impressive. Although, I, I, Donnarumma did not have his mo. He looked shaky at times um, today. Yeah, yeah. He, Donnarumma, we know the talent he has, but I think I saw a tweet by Matteo Benetti today. Yeah. Uh, that's a good follow, for, by the way. Yeah, analyst for uh, actually he does he does ESPN Plus games now, like so for Serie A. But I think he's still on BN two. Um, he said Donnarumma might be the only player in history to have peaked at seventeen, which is an interesting take. I I, I think what he's like nineteen now. Well, but... I mean, clearly Matteo Benetti has never heard of Freddie Adu. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> I suppose it's true. Or Julian Green. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's you know we expected Donnarumma to have a, at this point have a clear hold on um, Italy's number one. I don't even know if that's the case right now. Um, he just he did not look he did not look like he was in command, and he made some pretty questionable some some of his saves were not that great he didn't um he didn't clear it that well you know some sometimes he just he, sometimes he just pushed it or punched it into the middle of the pitch um so yeah not 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 impressed with him but but going back to the back four um i mean Romagnoli, man how how did you guys let let go of him um he played for roma right is that, is that a real question? I, I just want to. <laughs> Do you actually not know the? Answer? I just want to. You know, I'm just. I don't. I. I. I don't. Okay. I, I don't. I don't. You know. I might have. I think I've been over. Been. You're right. I kind of was overstating the talent of Milan's lineup. Uh, well, yeah, I want to. I want to talk about Romagnoli. No, I. I don't. I don't think Romagnoli or Musashi are as good as De, De Fry or Scrinier. Okay, well, Scrinier is like the best center back in the world right now. 
Um, I know that's a hot take, but I honestly, I honestly <laughs> believe that. Uh, I, he made a couple mistakes. He did. Today, he did. He did. Uh, yeah. But he's going to be awesome. Devry is good, but Romagnoli I thought was really good today. Musacchio, yeah, I'm not, you know. But I was really impressed with Calabria, um, and I think he, there's a he's going to be a really good player in my opinion. He's only 21 years old, um, a right back, which has been a problem for Italy in the past. And I don't know if Romo could get him. I would. I know they probably can't, but yeah. Guess what we were looking at on on Milan's eleven over the summer. Fabio. No. Susa. Oh God. <laughs> the left-footed Diego Perotti. <laughs> okay, no. The, don't, okay, don't even. Uh, Diego Perotti's a better player than. Uh, all right. Okay. All right. Um. So, yeah. Um. This game ended 1-0. Inter. Amaro Acardi scored a goal at the dying moments. Um, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna talk about that goal right now. So, Frasadico passes down the line to Kondreva, the substitute who had come on uh, earlier. Uh, Kondreva has a couple neat touches. He gets it to Vecino, who delivers a brilliant cross to the run of Amaro Acardi. Acardi originally is making the run near the post, but switches it to adapt to Vecino's cross to go far post. Which makes Mustachio get all kind of confused and slip. Did you say? <laughs> did you just say Mustachio? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and listen to that. But I... <laughs> okay, sorry. Continue. Um, and Donnarumma also misjudges it. Thinks he can come out and block it, but really just leaves the net exposed. And Acardi kind of has an open net. <laughs> Yeah, he he does. I mean, it was it was a really good finish. Um, Donnarumma, like you said, gets a little misjudges the ball um, completely. Actually, he definitely could have been in better position. And um, Accardi just finishes it. And you know, McCarty Accardi had a goal disallowed, and he had a couple of other chances. He hit the post too in the thirty fourth minute, I believe. Um, so he had a couple of chances, and he he was finally able to uh, get it in the net. Um, and you you have. I do think, though, in general, these strikers, I don't, they didn't seem as involved in the game as you might as you might have thought going in. A Cardinal going. Yeah, and the difference was that for Inter, they actually had players involved getting it forward, getting it forward. Whereas Milan, it felt like it felt like there was a big gulf between their midfield and their attack. Um, at least in my opinion. But for Inter, you know, you had Brozovic sort of distributing from the back, who was really impressive. You had Nyangolan playing almost as a second striker, which, you know, Spalletti has obviously done with him in the past at Roma, and that's he loves playing him there. Right. Um, he was forced out early on due to injury. Yes, there, that's so. true. So um, Borja Valero, yeah, and, and I, there was a big drop-off there. Um, you know, Borja Valero could not play the... I mean, he is bald as well, but he could not play... The, the position as well as as nine Golan. Um, he doesn't press. He doesn't press as well. He's more of a. He's more of a. I don't know. He to me, he's one of those players who's really good at passing, but he's not aggressive. Um, and I think I think it showed when nine Golan went off with with looked like an unrelated injury to the bad tackle that Belia made on him. Well, uh, yeah, actually, what made him go back to that was another tackle to be like oh that's right that's right yeah <laughs> so i don't know uh that first one earned abelia a yellow card it did actually. yeah 
and then that second one, it didn't seem dirty at all. I don't even think no, it was no, a foul. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't uh, a foul. But, and, and, yeah. and stud marks in his own leg. That was pretty brutal for Belia. Um, <laughs> you know Nyan Golan, even if he's not making the tackle, someone's going yeah. <laughs> The Vontes perfect of soccer. <laughs> no, that's not true. Um, uh, he, has, he has broken a few legs. Has he? Has he actually um, broken legs? Have, uh, yeah, I forgot. Uh, you guys can go look it up if you're interested. But uh, um, oh, you're right. You're right. I remember. Bologna, yes. I think, had yeah. a, we were playing against them one time, and or yeah, it was either them or Calgary. And <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I have I have a history of confusing those two clubs. So, <laughs> so that's when you all started laughing. But um, we didn't even talk about Messi's Messi's injury. No, we did. Actually. Well, we did. I mean, we did talk about it, but we didn't talk about, like, what it oh, looks okay. like. okay. I mean, and we're not... Did you think it looked gruesome? Because I couldn't even tell. Well, his arm kind of went the wrong way, but, I mean, we're not doctors. I thought... Well, I... you know, maybe we should okay. bring our dad on once and break down injuries. <laughs> <laughs> that I would actually he, be I really think... funny if we should do that. Yeah. I feel like... I feel like in the internet community, like, just bringing your mom or dad on to something is always just, like, a popularity boost in and of itself. <laughs> I mean, you look at your KSIs, you look at your Kev Jumbas. I knew you were going to bring up Kev Jumba. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah. I, I, well, let's get back to the match. Let's get back to the match. Um, I mean, Inter, to me, Inter were the better team and deserved to win. They had more chances. Um, like I said, there was kind of a gulf between the midfield and the attack for, for, for Milan. Um, but I thought Kessier did a really good job of getting forward. Um, he was sort of all over the place for, you know, he was, he was on yeah. the wing or I thought he was Cassier. Yeah. Yeah. He was on the wing sometimes. I thought him, he and Bonaventura did a good job of kind of clogging up the wings yeah. so that uh, Politano and Perisic really didn't have much room. Right. To do anything. And Perisic was pretty shut down in this match, but Politano had some nice moves on the right side there. Um, and he switched to the left, uh, for a little while, I think in the first half, but, um, I was really impressed with Politano. Um, but, you know, even Paris, it, oh, man, I, you know, there was just a lot of missed chances for Inter Milan. Um, you know, like I said, Icardi hit the post. Um, Vecino, a beautiful ball by, by Paris in the first half. Vecino just skied it. I don't know if you remember that. Um, so they, they were clearly the better team, and um, I'm glad they ended up winning. I want to say uh, actually one more thing about the goal and go back to it. Um, I thought uh, Gattuso made a questionable substitution late in the game when he took off Kessier for Bakayoko, and Bakayoko actually he got a yellow card and had a and had a foul that led to the free kick that led to that goal. Which I mean, maybe I mean I know it was like a separate passage of play entirely that like went up the whole field, but in general, I thought Kessier was doing a lot, and he was not the midfielder that should have been taken off. If any of them really, because Bakayoko didn't do much of anything. Well, I mean, Bakayoko only had really six minutes to do anything, but six plus. <laughs> yeah, six nine. No, you're right. I mean, but I mean, who who else? I mean, I guess you could have taken off the other ones, but um, yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, I Cassier was the one who looked like the, the, you know at that point in the match it was zero zero and. It, you know, Milan probably would have been content with a draw, so Bakayoko is a little bit more of a defensive player. Um, and you basically are playing with two defensive midfielders in Bonaventure at that point. Um, but uh, Patrick Crutrone had, or Crutrone had some chances too. 
Um, but yeah. playing out of position out wide, which was which was, you know, not his most effective spot. But I mean, when you have Gonzalo Higuain, you're gonna you're gonna have to do that. Right. He came on for Chael yeah. Hengelu. I thought those wingers who played the bulk of the match, Chael Hengelu and Suso were just very selfish in the final third, I thought. Like, there were just a lot of, like, outside-of-the-box shots. And when you have Iguain, try to play him in. He doesn't need that many touches he, he, to get a shot off. I mean, unless, it just, um, it unless just... it's an important cup match, then, you know, he's probably not going to finish. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I don't know. That's I don't true. Know. Particularly from the spot, too. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> Who's your man um, of the match? Ah, interesting question. For me, I thought Brozovic. I thought he did a really good job defensively, but his distribution was also excellent, and he was always looking forward. Um, and the- Yeah, he was definitely a top two Croatian. Yeah, right. I thought Rosalco was, <laughs> was pretty damn good up the right-hand side. I, he didn't do... I, I, and he did a good job to get back to and guard that same side that Chahangalu was on. But... Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to say that because he didn't... I don't know. Uh, I think either Brozovic or maybe Vecino because he had he did have nah. that game-winning cross and nah. he seemed pretty... Yeah, Vecino made too many... Nope. For me, he had that skied and then he had the touch that put a Cardi offside, which, you know, who knows? Maybe he had to. Two, disall- two disallowed... Or I guess they weren't disallowed, but two times the ball ended up at the back of the net and there was no goal given. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I, yeah. I think also um, Devry was really good today. So yeah, both of those goals actually were interesting because they were both crosses that like had minor flicks, yeah. and that was what what made them offside. Like both the initial runs. I th- I think the the one for um the one for Milan though was was the flick was definitely more consequential. Like like Vecino's flick. Yeah, like you're right. Like that. That didn't necessarily. Yeah, but but you know, honestly, it it he it magged the defender the ball. So I mean, who knows what where that ball would have went if he didn't get that touch on it. That that little right, touch. Right. So it's 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 impossible to know. Either way, Inter won. So anything else to say about this yeah. match? Wish you had Spalletti back. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, Tati for, for life. All right, uh, all right. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I like your Brozovic pick, honestly. Like, if I wasn't just trying to be argumentative, I probably <laughs> would pick Brozovic too. Um, I thought, like, not yet. Yeah, not only did he play, like, r- some really good balls into the box and was held down the midfield, but also he stopped some counterattacks. I remember Kessier twice on the counterattack was making runs, and Brozovic just made some great sliding challenges to stop uh, Milan's counter. So... Yeah, you're right. Inter, Inter, I think, dominated this game. Or, I mean, maybe not dominated, but they outplayed Milan, and they deserved to win. And um, it was sloppy at times, very physical, lots of yellow cards, but uh, Milan, Inter's got to feel good about that one. And Milan, still, they're in, that, they're in that bottom half right now. They still have a game in hand after that, uh, that, that game against Genoa that was postponed after week one of the season. That's going to be played this week on Wednesday, actually, so they have a chance to get back in that top half, leave teams like Roma... Um, and pl- finally play the same amount of games as everyone else. But uh, Inter, five wins in a row for them. you got to feel good if you're an Inter fan. Absolutely. And their next match is against Barcelona in the Champions League. So let's, let's talk about that because we're 50 minutes in and it's 1230 on a Monday morning. 
Uh, and I have work tomorrow. It's 11.30 on Sunday night. Sunday yeah, night for well, me. Yeah, well, I got work tomorrow morning, so <laughs> let's... Uh... Well, well, you're the one who, you know, said you wanted to start recording two hours ago, and then that never happened. So. I was playing Fortnite, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, we are going to preview the Champions League in a fun way. Thank you, Mario, for DMing us on Twitter and giving us this idea. Um, well, not, not exactly this idea, but, you know, he, he wanted to have us make picks for the Champions League, and that's exactly what we're going to do, but kind of in a different way. Um, Nihal, do you want to, want to explain how this works? So, basically, we are going to pick two matches every week, or every Champions League match, say, at least for the group stage. They'll probably go down to one. And we are going to pick which matches we have in the bag. So it has to be, um, I mean, yeah, so it, it, one on Tuesday, one on Wednesday, we'll pick this week. Um, and whoever at the end of the Champions League has the most points will receive a jersey from the other person, the other brother. Um, <laughs> that is true. Uh, uh, I feel like I didn't explain it that greatly, but, you, but you'll see. So we want to make it exciting, and we want to choose interesting matches. So we're going to try to stay away from, like, Real Madrid versus Plizen. That's in the bag. Like, that's, you know, whatever. It's Pilsen. Plizen. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. It's Pilsen. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Also, we came up with an interesting name for this. You should it. <laughs> Italian legend Roberto Baggio. Recorded nine Champions League experiences, appearances and had four goals. So what better to name this segment than... <laughs> it's in the Baggio. See the music? <laughs> yes. Um, so Nihal, uh, and I don't know if Nihal mentioned this, but we're going to have one match from Tuesday and one match from I Wednesday. I did. We're going to have um, a, a match in the Baggio for a certain team. <laughs> Nihal... Who is in your Baggio for Tuesday's match? Um, can you go first? <laughs> you want me to go yeah, first? Yeah, I want you to go first. Okay, so the first lock I have, or sorry, the first <laughs> Baggio I have is Juventus going to Old Trafford to visit Jose Mourinho's men. Juventus, I know they drew over this past weekend, but they've been near perfect this season. United's kind of in shambles. Juventus just a better team, and I think they can go to the road and get the job done. Oh, looks like we have a little Baggio versus Maggio here because I am putting Man United in the Baggio. I think Man United. Oh wait, yeah. Wait, in our, in our, in our production, I don't think that's. No, that's not what I said. Because I thought when I said I wanted to put Man United in the bag, you said, "Oh, I'm going to do that." So, but <laughs> you didn't. So. You want to put Man United? I'm putting, in the I'm putting Man United in the Baggio. Um, that's uh, that's FC Ball. It, yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, gonna... <laughs> yeah, that was clever. Okay. I don't know right. why there's no reaction. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, Man United, you know, a disappointing loss this weekend against Chelsea. Ross Barkley with uh, that 96-minute equalizer. Um, also, Ross Barkley having a quietly great season. And England, but I don't know. There's something about this match at Old Trafford. I think this is going to be Jose Marino's last hurrah with Man United. He's going to get a victory, so I'm putting it in the Baggio. Baggio versus Maggio. I like it to start it off. <laughs> All right, going on to Wednesday the 24th, I am going to pick Napoli, who go to Paris to visit PSG at 2 p.m. I am going to pick, 
Ancelotti's men. Um, I know PSG literally have not lost a game in the league or drawn a game. They picked up every single point. I think it's been like, I, I think it's been 11 matches or something. And wait, no, that's right. Okay, whatever. But <laughs> um, I think Napoli, you know, they need to get points after uh, drawing to Red Star Belgrade. I think at the first match day. They need this. They need to either draw or win. And honestly, that fact that PSG has been perfect, I know they lost to Liverpool but in the Champions League, but the fact that they've been mostly perfect scares me a little bit. You know, I think they might be a little bit overconfident. I think they might forget what it's like to play a strong opposition like this. <laughs> so I think Napoli are going to pick, get a win, and Ancelotti's men are going to come out with um, uh, a 2-1 win. But that's regardless, Napoli. Got so, so you think uh, you think Napoli and Liverpool are going to get out of this group then? I I didn't say okay, that. Okay, all right. <laughs> I mean, Napoli and PSG play each well, other. Well, yeah, but time. this is in Paris. Interesting. That that is a that's another very ballsy pick. I'll give you that. Absolutely. Okay. Ballsy. You didn't even want. Okay. <laughs> what? All right. I mean, you're also a bit of a Serie A homer, but I'm going with. Serie A as well. I am putting Inter Milan in the Baggio. I mean, it is named after Baggio, so you know, we gotta go with the Serie A teams. Three Serie A teams in the Baggio, by the way, out of four. Um, uh, going to the camp now with a, against the Messi-less Barcelona before El Clasico. I think maybe Barcelona might be looking a bit uh, might be looking ahead um, to El Clasico, and Inter Milan's going to snag three points on the road. Nine goal and hat trick, not gonna happen. But uh, I think he'll score a goal. Yeah. Luciano Spalletti's men. Well, I don't. I mean, will Nine Golden play in that game? That's true. He's he could be too injured. <laughs> um, but uh, Spalletti's men are gonna go to the camp now and get a victory. It's in the Baggio. All right. Thank you so much to the Champions League for giving us that music. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's no that's that didn't happen <laughs> and um we probably we want to record uh, a recap of the champions league on wednesday night probably will be out by thursday morning but if not we will talk a little bit about it on the weekend show so uh thank you guys so much for listening but we're gonna get out of here uh our soccer brothers or our email rather is soccerbrotherspodcast at gmail.com we have a Twitter and an Instagram, but we don't use our Instagram, so just go to our Twitter. That's at Soccer Bros Pod. We have a Facebook uh, under that Soccer Brothers Soccer Brothers Podcast. And review and rate us wherever you're listening to us. Nihal, get us on Spotify soon. <laughs> and it's more of it's more of a meme at this point because um, I okay, I'll, I'll look into it. I'll look into it. Yeah, check us out on Spotify if you can. All right, that is it for us at the Soccer Brothers Podcast. See you next time for episode or sorry, season two, episode seven of the Soccer Brothers Podcast. Do you-